Welcome to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Now here are your hosts, Nina and Brian Dixon. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. This is- <laughs> <laughs> ah, I got you. Oh my gosh, this is episode number 11. <laughs> I'm just going to keep this in here. For sure, do it. Uh, hope you guys have had a great week thus far. Uh, we have a lot to share with you this week. Uh, last week was on gratitude. Um, we were also on vacation last week, so we had pre-recorded that and pushed it out there. Um, let's start with Naples, dude. Let's tell them about Naples. Sure. We were down in the uh, pretty much the center of the equator for an entire <laughs> week. It was 4,000 degrees with 100% humidity, so you couldn't walk more than a couple minutes without being drenched. But no, it was awesome. First time I've ever been in Naples, Florida before. Very beautiful area. According to our Uber driver and a quick Google search, we learned that Naples is, I think, the num- recently surpassed Hollywood as the city with the most amount of billionaires in it. Yeah. And there's just some ridiculously beautiful properties down there in real estate and you know, a lot of people that are working with some scratch, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I love real estate. For those of you that don't know, my family is in the real estate business, so I kind of grew up in it. So whenever I go places, and I, I just saw the most extravagant homes right on the beach. And you and I would run every morning like six or seven miles in the scorching hot weather. I don't know what's wrong with us. It was pretty funny, actually. We would get up pretty early, like 5, yeah. 5.30. We had to or else, I mean, it was already humid at that time, but then if we went, but well, tell them about the time that we went at 9 a.m. We waited, one so day bad. we waited until like 8.45, 9 a.m. to go out for the run and we got about two miles into I it. I was gassed. Like, I mean, I can happening. run six or seven miles. I was gassed after two. That's how hot it was and humid. But anyways, we saw the most beautiful homes every time we took like new uh, paths to run. It was amazing. It was really, really incredible while we were out there. Um, what did we do? We went out to dinner. We went with your family, first of all. Yeah. So we had the little ones with us. The I, entire I platoon. two nephews on my one brother's side one six and three and a half and then i've got a niece and nephew for my brother that lives in new york and one's about six months my nephew there and then the niece is i think two and a half yeah right my, mine is the only gem in the family though she wasn't there <laughs> i won't name I, her on here unfortunately my sister couldn't make yeah. it because she her was and her husband she was they were in tokyo that's right um so yeah we were there for what like seven or eight days um it was a good place. I would. I don't think it's a place for young people. I, I don't really suggest young people to go there. Unless you're looking to get your cougar on. <laughs> yeah, it's not for it's not for young people. But anyways, while we were there, the second to, the day before we left um, was the day before Brian's birthday. So we left on a Saturday. Sunday was his birthday. So his family celebrated his birthday with like a little cake. It was really cute. Do you want to share how old you are with people? I turned thirty-two. Oh wow! I didn't think you'd share that. Yeah, why not? Oh, okay. Yeah, so he turns 32. Um, Sunday, we celebrated by... We got home, picked up the dogs, and celebrated with... What did I do? I took you out to brunch, and I sent you off to a Bone Thugs and Harmony concert Wake up, friends. wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Yeah, we went to the Bone Thugs concert with my boy KO. It was a good time. Yeah. Uh, actually, the concert itself, to Sucked. be honest, was kind of whack. Uh, <laughs> Busy Bone didn't show up for anybody that knows their Bone Thugs. Uh, is he alive though yeah and wishbone i thought was going to go into cardiac arrest on stage he was panting (laughs) but uh you know they did the best with what they had with him so you gotta love bone thugs are classic yeah 
What else? Our summer's going great so far. Um, it's super freaking hot in Missouri, of course. Go figure. Um, Brian's work. You're like slammed with work right now. I'm slammed with stuff right now. I'm actually playing catch up because we were gone for a week. Um, the podcast still going. Video podcast should be coming soon. I'm a little bit behind on that because I have to order two things that Brian literally just got on my ass for like two minutes before we started recording. So I will get there. Promise. I will. Make it happen. Um, we're also working on creating new content because uh, I know that my Instagram and your Instagram are just not keeping up with all the other Instagrams. I could care less about keeping up with anybody. Listen, but this just, can you let me take, this takes me to our new topic of the day. Doing it for the gram. <laughs> no, so. Twerking listen, for listen, the gram. We're talking about Instagram today. And I would say the week that I was in Florida and the first few days of this week, I honestly felt like, it, you know how there's a writer's block? I told you this. I shared this with you. And I'm, I was feeling like a podcaster's block. I was like, what do I talk about? Like, I, I just wasn't inspired with anything. Um, but you happened to meet up with an old friend a couple days ago. And he said something to you that you shared with me, which sparked me up again. And it's about Instagram. And what did exactly did he say to you? Yeah, we were chatting and he was telling me that he feels that it can become challenging to date sometimes because uh, in his particular scenario, when he's out dating girls, then they like are constantly comparing the relationship against what they see on Instagram and what they perceive is real. When in reality, these are just extreme illusions as to what they're actually seeing. And I think it's reached a point where people don't notice the difference. They don't realize that, you know, not everything's all happy all the time and not everybody's always smiling, even though that's maybe what they post on their social mediums. But we were talking about it and he was like, it makes it challenging to actually date because, you know, if, if you don't have certain things that maybe these people see on Instagram and they see these other couples have, they start comparing against it and they become impatient. And he feels like they're really losing like authenticity in terms of developing a relationship with somebody. And I had to agree with him. So this is exactly what had, but Brian came home and shared that with me. And this is what sparked me to talk about Instagram because I'm not hating on Instagram. We're on there too. And I'm literally on my stories 24 seven. So I'm just as guilty of being on there and using it as a medium myself. However, I think it's an important conversation to have and to show that as somebody who consumes the social media stuff myself and someone who produces content to push out on social media myself, I think there's a fine line there and it's a topic of discussion that I feel could take two or three podcast episodes. So let's try to keep this at one because I can talk forever on this. But um, we're going to start- got, You got 60 seconds so we can fit it in no, an IG I clip. <laughs> 60 seconds. I can't do anything did. in 60 seconds. No. So- I want to start this whole topic by, you know, if anyone who's listening right now is, do you ever at any moment, and if you don't, that's okay, great, good for you, but I do know the majority of us, and myself included sometimes, I don't really think this applies to you, Brian, but I, I have felt this before in the past, where when you're scrolling and spending like hours on Instagram, scrolling to people's feeds and their Instagram pages and their IG stories, do you ever like get off Instagram and then like kind of feel unmotivated maybe a little bit insecure or feel like you're really, really behind in life and you're not where you're supposed to be at your age. Um, maybe a little bit jealous or maybe feeling a little bit envious and kind of like, well, how do I get that? And how do I do that? Or, oh my gosh, they look so happy. Or, 
oh my gosh, this is their like sixth vacation this year. They're always in such pretty, pretty places. Like, why can't we go? Why shouldn't I go? Like, do you ever feel that way? Because if you do, you're not alone, first of all. But second, I think that's where the problem lies. Yeah, I usually look at guys on Instagram and I'm like, why aren't they more jacked? <laughs> why aren't they more jacked than me? <laughs> why don't they have why, I look at them and like I'm like, me. why aren't they, shouldn't they be more jacked if they're going to be posting pictures? <laughs> No, no, I, th- I, I like think I definitely understand where you're coming from. I think that I recognize that just in general. I feel like social media is beginning to literally pull this thread and start to tear the fabric, I feel like, of how we connect with people um, within our society. And it is creating a false illusion of what reality actually is and how it exists because like it or not, perception is reality. And the more people perceive something to be real, the more they will subconsciously program themselves to believe that that perception of what they are seeing is real. And because of that, over a period of time, when you consistently see people on social channels that appear that they are always happy they're always on a vacation they got a new car they got a new home all these different things you as an individual are starting to subliminally compare yourself to those people on there and i think it's a challenge for a lot of people and i really recognize it because i think just even like on a daily basis when you're talking with people like people are so quick to grab their phone and even in the middle of a conversation and like start flipping through a social platform. Yeah. And it's like, yo, I'm talking to you. Like I'm in your face talking to you right now. We're having a conversation. And like while you're talking to the other person, they'll be like flipping through Instagram or something. And it's it's become such a ridiculous addiction that I don't think people realize the extent to which they use it on a daily basis. And they don't hold themselves accountable for how much they use it. And it's one of those things where I heard this in a book I'm listening to right now. I'm listening to this great book by Grant Cardone called Seller Be Sold. And he says, you know, social media is a tool. You better learn how to use it and not let it use you. And he's got some really great points in there about it because I feel like there's a lot of people that let social media use them. They're on it so much that they don't even realize, first and foremost, they're not even aware of how much they're actually on it. Because if they were, they probably may have not, you know, they would diminish the amount of time they spend on it. But at the same time as that's occurring, social media is using you because you're becoming programmed, not even realizing it probably, to think that all of these things that you see on there are accurate. Like for a woman, for example, you see a, w- a woman on there that is on the beach and she looks like she's just beautiful and has this perfect body. If you were to see the actual picture that was taken of that individual before they went in and glammed it up with some Photoshop and stuff, like I don't think people realize that. Like the, I think a lot of people think that now that we have Instagram, that things are like more authentic when people are posting pictures. But you see these influencers, they are getting these filters putting on, they're doctoring them, they're carving their hips we with saw, Photoshop. Like We you saw should, this ourselves in Tulum. Yeah, we saw people. We saw this happen. We were actually in Tulum, and there were some influencers that were staying at our hotel, and they were taking pictures, and then legitimately, like on their computers and their phones, they were using these, you know, post-production applications that would go in there and like carve a gap between their thighs, make their butt look bigger by like uh, photoshopping it, making it look like they have bigger boobs on there, like all sorts of different stuff they would do 
to doctor the image before they just post it to an Instagram post. And I don't think that people realize it because social media hits us so fast all day long. It's every day. And you don't all the time think like this person's posting this picture. They probably spent an hour or more fixing that picture potentially, you know, well, getting I, it to where it's that I'm sure there's apps now or, where you can do it in a minute. Or they took two to 300 pictures to get that one right angle that looks good. Right? Yeah. Like that, Every a lot of people actually talk about this on their Instagrams, which I'm really happy to see is that, you know, I know Kim Zolciak Bierman talks about it. She's like, I take 50 pictures on my phone before I pick the one that I want. All different poses and, you know, looks and the way my eye is looking and the lighting and all this. She's like, then I put a filter on top of it. Then I use the Facetune app on top of it. So you can't just, you know, don't be so quick to just eat up everything that people are throwing at you on Instagram. And you said something here about how much time people are spending and then how they're perceiving it to be reality. There's a dichotomy here. But I think in this episode, I want to not so much focus on how much people, how much time people spend on Instagram. Like, I don't really care how much time you spend. If you can't manage your time well, then that's a different topic. But what the issue is that when you are on Instagram, are you like, is that reality to you? Are you really falling for the illusions that are on there? Because that is so, so, so unhealthy for you and for the people that you love and around you. It's not going to help you grow. So we wanted to get into certain areas of life that Brian and I think that we have through talking with our friends and, and colleagues and whatnot. We think that Instagram is giving negative effects and kind of go through them. But the very last thing we are going to do is kind of personally share that because we both of us are on Instagram a lot, but I'm pushing stuff out more and I want to share the truth behind those posts um, that maybe you guys don't see and it maybe it could be perceived as something that's not, you know, and that's the last thing we want to be. So the first thing we want to hit on is relationships and unex unrealistic expectations of your partner. I'll let you take this one. Sure. So I think, I mean, I've seen it with people where they'll consistently be on the gram or other social platforms. And after a period of time, they'll see other couples that look like they're constantly on the go, constantly taking trips, constantly like so happy doing this and that. And you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes with that mm -hmm. couple, right? They, For all you know, they could potentially be very unhappy and they're posting all these things as a front to make it appear that they're so happy. And what that does is it actually creates unrealistic expectations of the people that are not posting those pictures. And I don't think people even realize it's occurring. So for example, say that like I was looking at pictures of all these different couples on Instagram and I saw their, their, uh, you know, taking all these lavish vacations and trips. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I want to do that more. And then it's like, well, I can't do that because I'm focused on my businesses, you know? And then all of a sudden you become resentful because of it. And like, there's a, there's a million different ways that it could play out, but you have to understand that a lot of what's on these platforms is not the real story of what's happening. No, they're there, it's a, they're there for a reason. Yeah. It's not a lot of people in social media that go on there to post negative, like post bad things that are happening in their life. Like that does happen. But the vast majority of things that are posted is based on a perception of what that individual wants their audience to think is happening within their life. Right. Uh, so, you know, there's an interesting quote and it has to do with like how people perceive and like what individuals perceive that I think applies to this. And the quote is, 
I am not who you think I am, and I am not who you think I think I am. I am who you think I think I am. Mm. And basically what that quote means is, I am living my life based on a perception that I think somebody else is perceiving me to Mm -hmm. live. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that really applies to the social media world because so many people are funneling content that maybe not even is authentic with who they are, but they're doing it because they think they want to, they think they have that perception based off what other people view them at or based off what they want other people to view them at. Yeah, I agree. And to your point, you know, I this morning posted on your Instagram a picture of you and I literally from a year ago. Now, how many people on our Instagrams know that that's at a wedding one year ago? Mm-hmm. You know, and so when you do see people on Instagram posting their vacations, doing X, Y, Z or whatever, <clears throat> they could currently be in the office or currently be fighting with their partner or currently doing whatever, like picking up dog shit for all I care. And they're just on the gram posting content. Like you can't just always think that just because there's pictures of three weeks of vacation content that they're going on vacations one thing after another. No, you have to understand that we build our content. It sits in our phones. We have photos stacked up maybe we don't like them but maybe a month later we do like them and we're willing to share share with the world that's how everybody else does them and don't forget that the people going on vacations 99 percent of the time they are influencers getting paid to go to these vacations and i'm not saying money i'm saying perks their hotel rooms are comped their meals are comped their airlines are comped so that they push out this content and get people to go to those spots so that the spots make money yeah a good way to think about it is like think of a music artist. You know, it's a business. Think of a successful music artist. They probably have hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of song tracks that they've built up. It's their content, right? They've built up that you've never heard. But over the period of time, when it's the right time for them, they'll release a song. Yeah. Or they'll release an album. Or they'll release. It's social media is is very similar to that for people that play it like a business. It's like you have all this content you build up. And then you determine strategically when you want to release that content. Mm-hmm. And you just have to make sure if you're, on, if you're on the audience side and you're viewing it, you recognize that. Like, you know, people that are influencers on different social platforms that have a lot of these followings, they're doing this as a job. So they're going and they're building their library of content and they're strategically putting it out. They're making sure it looks fantastic before it's posted. They're hiring uh, influencer photographers they're hiring lifestyle lifestyle branding photographers in their cities to capture that content sure. 90% of the time and, and good for them I mean that's if they can monetize off it that's fantastic yeah, this, for them yeah we're not I'm not this episode is not about bashing the people who are posting or always on Instagram doing this is more about kind trying to explain to the consumer to the people looking at Instagram all the time that don't use Instagram for business or for creative things or to gain an audience it's for those people to say that Hey, look, you cannot really take everything on Instagram at face value. It's more for the consumer. This really isn't a, you know, I'm not hating on anybody who posts content and does things. I'm just, we're just trying to educate and share and talk about the people on the receiving end. Sure. From a career perspective, that's another big one too. Do you want to talk about that? I, I think that, um, Instagram sometimes, you know, the people who have nine to five jobs, they're rare, rarely 
ever on Instagram or Instagram stories. I do notice that because I don't have a nine to five, but a lot of people that I know do have a nine to five. And so I can kind of like gauge like, you know, who's working from home, who's not. And but then again, that's my perception. It could be so off. Right. But most of those people are not on Instagram. The ones who are are using it as a tool or as a means to get a bigger following, to push out their creative endeavors, to sell their books, to sell their ebooks, to sell their podcasts like we do, to basically stay on top of mind of people. It's marketing. It's a psychological thing. We all know it. And that's why we do it. But to think that someone's career, because they get to do all this cool stuff on Instagram, is better than your career, that's, I mean, that's just the most terrible way to look at things, I feel. Um, I think that if you're in a certain industry, you can certainly use social media to talk about the pain points in your industry and to, you know, bring awareness to those things and to be, you know, a leader or a forefront person or an, or a uh, influencer in that space, you can absolutely become that. But not many of us want to do that, right? Like if you're a lawyer, maybe you don't want to get on Instagram during your lunch hour and talk about, I don't know, human sex trafficking or something, you know, and like how we can solve this problem. But that is something that a nine to five career person can do through Instagram, but we choose not to. However, I think a lot of people in the nine to five world look at Instagram while at work and are kind of, you know, envious maybe in some ways and just like, oh my God, she's modeling on top of a car. She gets to work by a pool today. She gets to run all these errands and work out at 9 p.m. I had to get my workout in at 5 a.m. because I had to be work at 8 a.m. That kind of comparison starts to happen. And that's where I'm trying to say is don't don't be fooled by that because even people with a career on Instagram, trust me, it's a grind. It's really, really hard work for these people. I'm not that person. I don't make my money off Instagram, but I have read tons of blogs. I listen to tons of people on their IG stories of literally how many photo shoots they have, how they have to curate their content. And did you know that if one week they don't get the right amount of likes and followers or their algorithm isn't up, they don't get paid. Mm -hmm. Some of these people do not put food on the table because of that. So you have to understand the severity and, of it for their career. And something I want to state, something you just said too, regarding the algorithm. So I don't think a lot of people recognize how the technology actually works on the back end. Most front end consumers don't care, right? So most people just see Instagram as this opportunity to post content, right? But when you really break down the science behind how the technology actually works, it's based around algorithms. And this is computer code that directs different activity on the platform. And so when you see these people that you're probably consistently viewing on Instagram, like in the influencer space, they, since they are monetizing off this, some of this, it's their, some people, this is their like sole livelihood, sole right? Livelihood, yeah. In order to trigger the algorithms to funnel content into the largest audience, Instagram, uh, which is actually owned by Facebook, they actually have uh, them built around a mechanism that the more you use the platform, so the more you're on your stories, the more you're posting, the more you're liking, the more you're commenting and engaging, the higher percentage of your audience you will reach. Mm-hmm. And how You'll they- be at the top of the feed. You'll be at the top yeah. of the IG story feed. Um, an example is myself. I don't mean to cut you off. My stories get anywhere between like, I don't know, like 300 to above 800 views sometimes if I do it right. But if you look at my following, my following is only like at 800 or like between 750 and 800 right now. 
And my post that I post on my Instagram gets about 30, 40, 50, maybe 80 or 90 likes. That's because in the algorithm, Instagram knows that I am not a content poster. I do not post content on my page religiously. That is why I don't use huge hashtags anymore. But I'm always on my stories, so my stories will always pop up at the top. That's why that happens, and that's why people who don't even follow me maybe are viewing my stories. And I can see all of this. Yeah, and this is pretty much true on any social platform, but the way the algorithms are built is that when you post something, there's a very small percentage of your total audience that actually follows you, Mm -hmm. that actually sees your post. So even people are following you when you post something, a very small percentage of those people are actually even seeing what you posted. And the people that do see it is based around how algorithms are triggered for how they engage with your specific content. So if I have a group of 50 people, for example, that always like and comment on my posts, every time I post, it's going to go in their feed because Instagram is recognizing that they have the highest engagement. So they're going to get the opportunity to receive that content. But where a lot of these social platforms really get you now that they've really monetized tremendously off ads is that if you want to reach your entire audience for people that follow you and or expand outside of that audience, you have to pay. You got to pay to play. Yeah. So when it comes to career, you cannot put, you know, you cannot take that at face value when someone's always on Instagram showing you they're working from home or doing this or doing that. Like it's done because they have to do it. They have to keep the algorithm high so their stuff is posted towards the top. I do this too on my stories. That's the, I tell you all the time, like I have to be on my stories. It's the only way that I can push the podcast out because I don't have curated content built out yet to post on my Instagram page. That is exactly why I'm on stories all the time. So the comparison there is, you know, is unfound. I don't think people should compare themselves. Don't think that Instagram is a, it is a career, but I'm saying don't compare it to yours. Um, if you love what you do, stick to what you're doing. And I understand that the freedom of time kind of seems like a perk um, because many of these people work from home. Sure, it is. But don't glorify that. You know, don't give that too much as much credit as you, as many of you might be giving it. Our third area that I think Instagram has affected negatively a lot is fitness and body. Um, I pride myself, well, I'm confident about myself in that I work out religiously and I try to eat healthy and whatnot. And I have been doing so probably since law school. So what, now we're looking at eight or nine years now of constant working out and sticking to it. But you go on Instagram now and you see these girls with skinny like lean ripped arms in tank tops you see flat tight washboard abs on these girls or these really tight stomachs you see like a perfect ass on a skinny girl which i don't even know how that happens because that's like the hardest thing to do you know what the first thing i think of when i see that what how in the world did they get so ripped with only a shake weight (laughs) like only a shake weight and they're that ripped no but i'm just saying like um you know, you start to think to yourself like, oh, you know, what am I doing wrong? Or why don't I look like this in a bikini X, Y, Z? And it's completely shifted and molded like what the world out there. And I'm now this is where it gets tricky. Not only are you messed up in the head now looking at this at these girls on Instagram, but other men out there are expecting women to look like this. True. You know, like there's guys out there also scrolling like mm, this girl's got a fine ass or this girl has abs or, you know, she's got the greatest thing. Go look at that girl in person off Instagram. She's just as normal as any other girl. Okay. It's Photoshop. It's Facetune. I know Facetune helps. By the way, I'll talk about Facetune in a few minutes. Don't let me forget. It's Facetune. 
And not to mention the fitness models, particularly, some of them are coming out and starting to talk about how, listen, when I post my fitness model pictures, you better believe that before the photo shoot, 30 days before, I was getting rid of water weight. Oh, I'll talk, I was taking, let me talk about this because yeah, I've, sure. I've done this yeah, before. Sure. So this and this is inclusive too of like when you see fitness people that do different types of competitions or they're posing on fitness magazines and now Instagram has become that new medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see people that are in these incredible amounts of shape, there's a very diligent process that they go through even before they take the photos and doctor everything. Yep. And what that process looks like is usually it's months on months of starting to like cut you know, measure their calories very closely, cut everything out. And then when you get in the last couple of weeks, you're doing like seven days a week, double cardio sessions, weight training sessions. And then in the last, like usually seven to 10 days, you start reducing your water intake and taking diuretics, which squeeze all possible water. Or fat burners. Or Well, that, that's, that's part of the process too. But once you actually get to the diuretic phase, that's when you're actually taking uh, pills that are like natural herbs and ingredients usually that suck and extract as much possible water out of your body so that like the, the uh, difference between your skin and your actual muscles is very, very slim. Like it's super close to you. The water's gone. So you reach these incredible amounts of definition that you would never carry around on a daily basis. Yeah. Like you do this for months on end and then this last like seven to 10 days to get to a point so that like for one or two days you're that lean because that's really all your body can take and then you immediately have to start implementing water back in you start you start upping your your calories slowly again and your carbs slowly again well you have the photo shoot after the seven or ten you yeah know, you have the photo you, shoot yeah, this, so a lot of these planned. people these are all scheduled yeah they're doing them and then they're posting this but like there's a huge process that goes into that so they're not just walking around looking like that on no, a daily basis no they, they don't look like that 24 7 when they're around the airport traveling around um you know selling their gym bands or their whey protein, whatever it is that they, they really do that they're using this content for to sell to you. They're not doing that 365 days. I worked in a gym in Center City, Philadelphia between the months of when I was trying to when I was trying to wait to find out if I had passed the Pennsylvania bar or not. And during that time, I actually ended up working there a little bit longer. And during that time, I learned about all the fitness trainers because some of them were, what do you call them when they like go on stage to compete? Fitness models or professional bodybuilders? Um, bodybuilding. And it's like another word for it where they go and like they get to a certain weight and a certain look and they wear a bikini on stage and the guys just wear their trunks. I'm blanking on the name. But they're like just compete. a fitness competition. Yeah, yeah. They, they compete. They're com- com- competitors in fitness um, competitions. And some of these were trainers, a.k.a. working for the same gym that I was. So I got to know them and I got to know the ins and outs and, you know, learn from them that Three months was the normal amount of time that I had noticed that for three months, their diet, how much they were eating, what they were eating, how it was fluctuating day by day as they got closer to the competition, the water intake, the stopping of water the night before, all the supplements that they would take in front of me when they were eating their meals was insane. And I think a lot, a really big point here too is that a lot of these people that are on a traditional Western diet when they're getting ready for these competitions, they may aesthetically look like they're in tip top shape, but on the inside, they are not healthy. Like the amount of 
calories you have to consume on a daily basis, the amount of the amount of meat consumption, the amount of whey protein consumption, like that stuff is so taxing on your kidneys and yeah. your organs. And like whey to protein. get to that to get to that point, like and, and maintain that consistently year after year after year, you're just like eating away at your insides. And there's actually a lot of stuff that's came out and even like big time bodybuilders that have came out and talked about that. They're like after years and years of doing it, like I came down with terrible illnesses. I got super sick. I had to completely change my diet around. I had to like extract meat from my diet just because for like how to how for how good it made them look, it made them so incredibly unhealthy on the inside. But again, that's their job. They go to these competitions, they get content, they get paid if they win. That's they're trying to be in the fitness industry. But I would look at these girls and they would be, you know, their meal plan for three months, they're, it's called prepping. They'd be prepping for these competitions. They'd be taking a lot of supplements that would cut a lot of body fat out for them and help them do that and still increase their energy. Probably a month before competition, it would be two times, two, two a day cardio sessions plus lifting in the middle. That's their full-time job. People like you and I don't have time to work out two or three times a day like that. Like that is their career. So to think that you can attain that body with that kind of dedication when that's not what you do full-time is just, it's, it's, it's misleading. And so I would watch them do all this and then they would go compete. I mean, I'm being honest. Yes, I thought their bodies looked incredible, but their faces washed. I mean, it, you could tell, like all of a sudden in three months, they would look so aged. You could tell the water's being sucked out. You could just tell they were a different person. Lean and tight and like the perfect Instagram body you could ever imagine. I'm looking at it like, literally at work every single day. Then they go compete. And then literally 24 hours later, they're eating whatever the hell they want. And I remember the one girl telling me, she's like, there's no way. It's not even healthy for us to do what we just did for three months to do it 365 days a year. She's like, it's back to me eating regular and just working out because I like to work out. That's it until the next time. Yeah. And bringing it back to the topic, it's that what we're getting at is like the process when you see these pictures of people on the social platforms specifically fitness models is what i'm talking about so am i and it's just that they're going through that whole process and then they're taking photos and then they're doctoring the photos even more you know a plus it could be like six months away (laughs) it could be three months away from when they looked like that and now they're posting pictures six months later you know, like, so it's That's not that, that they still look like that. No, it's just that you're seeing an old picture of them on Instagram. So we cannot be, um, you know, swayed by that at all. I mean, Brian, you, you look at vegan bodybuilders. Yeah. And you know what I actually switched up to that's really worked out well for me is I put on a, a clean new pair of Velcro sneakers and I power walk through my local mall. Oh my God. And I'm just in the best shape of my whole life. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's about being healthy inside and out, not comparing ourselves. So don't let Instagram fool you. Um, another place that I think Instagram kind of gets us all is money. And what I mean by that is people posing in jets, uh, private jets, people posing in mansions, people showing you what cars they drive, all this stuff. I'm not saying that they're lying to you and I'm not saying that it's all fake, but here's a little snippet. There is a company out in Switzerland, I want to say. Don't quote me on the country, but it's a different country. They literally rent out their private jets to people per hour so they can let influencers come in and take their content posing in a private jet. 
Yeah. I mean, this is common in a lot of industries, this actually. This is common. Exactly. It's just a photo shoot. It's content to be able to sell something. And yes, I agree. It's appealing to see somebody sitting in a private jet as opposed to the cattle call that we all have to go through in Southwest. Like, I get it. But you cannot, as the consumer, sit there and think, oh, she's 21 years old and she how does she like afford a private jet or how is she on jet smarter like the fee is like five grand a year like how does she do that well you don't know that you're not sure and then what happens when you do that is you're thinking that and then you're almost subliminally like judging that yeah and then you begin judging yourself as to why yeah you don't have that too you kind of start hating that person but then you're also like oh fuck me like what am i doing wrong Or or then you could fight with your partner like hey make more money like why are we so poor? <laughs> you know, like there's a bunch of stuff that can go through a human's mind. And as a consumer, like you have to understand that, listen, it's your perception. That's what they're trying to sell you. Now, I'm not talking about, I don't know, who has private jets? Grant Cardone has a private jet, right? Uh, Kim Kardashian has a pri- uh, uses a private jet service. Like all these people have private jets, but we shouldn't look at that as a comparison or like robbing us of happiness, if the people who do have it are sharing it with you on social media, then you should be inspired. You should be motivated. You should be happy for those people. You shouldn't let Instagram ruin your mood or your day or your self-worth or your confidence or or the love for the people in your life that are helping you make it um, big someday. Like we shouldn't lose that, that positive, gratitude, grateful mindset along the way i agree and i think that the next thing that's really important to consider is around engagement on instagram and other social profiles is that you can't tie you know your happiness or worth to likes and comments and engagement and in fact there's actually this article that i just read today and it was around how much money that brands were losing because of so quote unquote influencers having so many fake followers on their accounts then they like use bot systems which is incredibly common is for people to hire companies that have bots that go and ramp up their profiles to make it appear like they've got 20 50 100,000 followers and it's a bunch of bots it's like fake accounts but when you perceive that you're like oh man there's a lot of people following this person so it actually programs you to almost want to follow that person when there could be a percentage of their following that's literally been paid for through bots and fake accounts and it's becoming such an issue that i think the article i read said that this year um, it's costing brands that are paying these influencers $1.3 billion because of so many fake followers on these accounts that you, that appear to be real. And so these influencers will go sell the brands and say, hey, here's the followers that I have. Here's my engagement levels. And then the brands will say, okay, perfect. I want to do a deal with you. I want you to wear these uh, shorts and you know we're going to pay you X amount for the post. And then all of a sudden- Well, it's not just also posts. It's also, this is, this is how companies are catching just to show you guys that all of this like negative self-talk or you questioning yourself for based on someone's followers and engagement that's higher than yours here's the business behind it and this is why it's done is that it's not just about being paid per post really only the big top of the top organic famous people such as the jenners and the kardashians and all that they get paid per post but and it's millions but the people, the influencer level, the smaller players, they get paid according to how many people purchase the thing that they're wearing from the link that they put in their story or their post. So it's a commission. It's an affiliate link. Yes, based off of that. 
And you should honestly, like I have seen this so many times when Instagram crashes or these girls don't get enough likes on their post all of a sudden. They used to get 5,000 and today they only got 500. They literally go on Instagram story and say like, this is my livelihood. I don't know what Instagram is doing. I don't know why the whole system crashed. But if you guys want this top, like you have to swipe up on my link. Please do not go on a website because I get a commission off of this. It's sad, but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is this girl's livelihood. Like, you know, like you start to understand like just the money aspect of it. And then you start to think like, well, the whole reason I follow her or like I look up to her or like I wonder like how she gets all this engagement or all these followers. Dude, they're bots. They're paid for. Like in the beginning, they all had to do it to get where they are now. I'm not saying that they're, that every account is like that. No, there are some organic out there. But that's the science. That's the math. That's the numbers. That's the business behind all of this. And for you and I or anybody else listening to look at an account and think, oh, she has so many followers and I don't or I can't do this on Instagram because I don't have that many followers or I can't post this because I only get 30 likes and she gets a thousand likes. It's ridiculous. And one of the things that's tricky, too, is because when the problem first started really happening, you could tell if it was an account that had a lot of a bot traffic because they would have a lot of followers, but super low engagement. Like maybe somebody had 100,000 followers and they'd make a post and they'd get like 30 to 60 likes, right? Because the bots aren't going to go back and like the post. They just follow your page. But now over time, as the bot software through AI has gotten far more sophisticated, not only does your follower count get up, but the bots will go and engage. They'll go post comments. They'll go post uh, likes and shares, things like that. And so now it's becoming more difficult and it's becoming a huge problem for brands. But this influencer market in terms of brand sponsorships, the market is growing at an astronomical rate. Like this is big business for them. And I actually interviewed a company this week that is basically a marketplace that finds influencers and then they find brands and they connect the two and then they allow them to work on these projects where the brand will sponsor the influencer and this particular tech company takes like a transaction fee off what happens. And there's a bunch of companies like that that are doing this now that are becoming very successful. Like this company I was talking to has had incredible growth rates because it's becoming such a big business and brands understand that the audiences are living on Instagram uh, for some of these products they're trying to sell, but there's still this challenge where is this follower real or is it authentic? And I think there's actually going to be a big opportunity for a company out there that can effectively measure better if a particular quote unquote influencer has authentic followers or if they're bot based followers, because now it's kind of a challenge to figure that out. To share with you guys just how much some of us, not me, but like, you know, us, the consumers, like you guys listening or anybody else, maybe put so much importance on how many followers or likes someone's account has. Not too long ago, a girl, I'm not going to name her, and it, it, we were having a conversation about something and she said to me, she goes, I need to figure out what's going on with my account. Um, I used to have X amount and now I have X amount. And she had a pretty large following. And I, she shared with me openly how she got it. It wasn't very tasteful. And she goes, but I don't know what's going on anymore. And then she and I go, who cares? It's just Instagram. Like, just do what you got to do. People who want to buy from you or listen to what you have to say will organically follow you. It'll just take five to 10 years to get there. Who cares? And then she goes, well, it's not really all about that. I actually see Instagram as like it, it's, it's kind of like the more following you have you know, and you go around meeting all these people in business or outside of business or like 
anywhere I go and I meet new people, it's kind of a way to like show that like I have some sort of like clout or some sort of like backing behind me. And she goes, you could compare it to like a LinkedIn page. She's like with all your credentials. So a following kind of shows that I, I'm, I didn't even know what to say when she said that. Like I had no idea. But that is what I what I got from that is that this is the mindset. This is the mentality going on around out there. So you mean to tell me that like 80% of the accounts out there that have bots following them, that uh, that they have clout, that they're somebody that I should be in business with because they have more following and it gives them a little bit of leverage? Like I should, they should be a trustworthy person to me as opposed to a LinkedIn page, which would show me different credentials? No, I didn't agree with what she said whatsoever. So I think knowing this and understanding this, where this is where when Brian says we think that it's tearing the fabric of society, we're giving the wrong things in life oomph or credit um, on Instagram that don't need it. That sh- it shouldn't be that way. Those should not be the metrics that we use to give importance to somebody or to follow somebody or to listen to somebody or to buy from somebody. That's not how it should be. That's not right because there's machines behind those accounts. It's a lie, basically. So that's why don't really tie yourself worth to those things. And if you are trying to do something, because this is something I struggled with in the beginning, if you're trying to start a podcast or sell an ebook or you're trying to do a blog, whatever it is that you're trying to do, Instagram is a mean, is a tool for you to use to get that exposure. But don't get lost in or talk yourself out of starting your creative projects by telling yourself, I don't have that many followers. I don't have an audience. I still need to create an audience. No, do it. Give it time. Give it several years and the audience will organically follow you. You shouldn't be wanting to do this for people. Ultimately, you do it for yourself. And I think that's where you can kind of sniff out the, you know, BS on Instagram. Yeah, the way I look at it in terms of being a, a tool for business and kind of authenticity is that if you stay true to you know what you feel is desirable for what you want within yourself yeah then over a period of time and nothing happens overnight but over a period of time you are going to organically create an audience that aligns with you and when you have that uh your the loyalty is higher, the engagement rates are higher, the value delivered, I believe, to the people is higher. And when you have a very loyal and engaged audience of people on a platform like that, and you can prove it, and it it, it becomes an incredible opportunity for things that you want to do, whether that is monetize through a product that you have or you want to provide a a coaching session or maybe you just want to go and find some of your top followers and you want to go take them out to dinner and like you know that the people that you're reaching out to are real human beings they're not bots and machines like that is something that is incredibly valuable and far more valuable like in my opinion i've actually talked to brands before and they and they'll tell me you know we would far more and do, want to do business with somebody who has 5, 10, 15, 20,000 followers, but they're highly engaged, real, authentic followers in a niche than somebody that has several hundred thousand followers where it's more unpredictable whether they have bots on there or that their audience is too diverse and spread across. Like, for example, 
Um, maybe they have a bunch of different people within their audience, but it's much more difficult to understand the target demographic of the people within that audience. Like brands like the data. They like very specific data. So if you can understand who your audience is and cultivate an audience that really aligns and resonates with you as a person and the value you're trying to provide, I think in the long term, although it may make may take a little bit more time to get there, the brand value you will have and the opportunities you will have for monetization, if that's what you're trying to do with your platform, far exceed the alternative. Agreed. Very well said. Something I do want to point out is that I there are several types of services out there. Um, companies that you pay an X amount of money per month and they get you follow, they promise you followers, they promise you engagement and all this. But there are also other companies out there. This is for anybody listening that, you know, is thinking like, well, what Nina and Brian just said isn't fully true. I'm fully aware that there's another type of service out there that several companies are doing where they promise you organic growth. And what I mean by that is they take the engagement part off your plate, meaning that you are responsible for posting your content, doing your stuff, keeping your algorithm high. But what they will do is on your behalf, like other people's pictures, like kind of engage more, which is extremely taxing. It's so there's so much time that goes into doing that for other accounts where are you going to create content or are you going to go like other people's shit so your algorithm can go high, you know? So these companies will like stuff for you on your behalf, on your account. They will go follow other people on your behalf, on your account. They will bring relevant hashtags and go after those accounts to help you a little bit with engagement. That's completely different. Yeah, and for people that are have very large authentic audiences and people that I think have very high engagement and provide a lot of value... Those people themselves, although they may be recording content constantly to post, um, they are not the ones doing it all. Yeah. If they're not using an outsourced agency, they are. They have, a team. they have a team of people that are constantly doing that to make sure that their algorithms are high. They're playing the game that's designed and they're winning at it. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to understand that too. So when you see people constantly on social media, um, you have to understand that a lot of what's coming out is being handled by a team that they have. It's not all being done by them. Did you ever hear about batching? I don't think I've ever talked to you about that. No, I'm not familiar with that. A lot of people do what it's called batching, which I'm about to do in a couple of months here. But um, you go and spend uh, maybe every Sunday or maybe once or twice a month, you do like line up these photo shoots and get like 300 images in different outfits and different hair and makeup and different all this. And then throughout the year, you use that strategically. So what you're seeing on Instagram is not this new content that she's pushing out all the time that she just did this morning. No, she shot that image 365 days ago. She just happens to be using it today. Or um, on every Sunday, people will create their content, their quotes, their memes or whatever it is. And then on Monday, they'll post strategically at a certain time. Wednesday, they'll post and this. It's not that they actually are doing that in this moment. It's not real live content. So I think that's important to know Um What's so funny? Over I know there? people that do batching with uh, Netflix. They'll like hear about a bunch of good shows and then they'll spend like three weeks watching every one of them back to back to back. It's called binge <laughs> it's watching. Called, it's called Netflix batching. <laughs> um, the last part of this episode that I wanted to share was kind of um, you and I um, personally, the things that we share and maybe people's perceptions, because I don't know, but I'm assuming that people probably looked at our Naples, Florida trip and were like, oh my gosh, it looks so pretty and it will look so fun and this and that. But they probably did it in that tone of voice too. Oh, totally. They did. You know, they did. Durr. But here's the thing, like you guys didn't see, like you guys did not see that Brian was working every single day we were there. 
Phone calls, meetings, computer. Got to get that money, man. Yeah. Back no, to the bone thugs. Ser- seriously. It's a lot for you to step away. Like you were literally working nonstop. There were things that we couldn't do and dinners we couldn't go to because he had to be home near his computer to take a call. Yeah. I. Uh, anytime I'm on a trip, I may be posting stuff that looks like it's fun, but I am behind the scenes. I am working and I am grinding and I'm getting stuff done and I'm doing deals and I'm looking at companies. I... I love it. I like it's. I really, really enjoy it. But it, I want to put that out there that for anybody that's ever seeing or viewing things that are happening within my social profiles, I'm constantly working opportunities on the back end. And like, even when like we were on this trip, like obviously family vacay, right? It's supposed to be vacay. I get yeah. to spend a lot of great time with my family, but I'm constantly when you know when we're not doing stuff very specific there. I'm on my computer. I'm on phone calls. Uh, a lot of the calls that I have are with people with overseas. So I'm taking calls at eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night, uh, you know, working opportunities. And so it's just part of the process, right? Like we have these goals for where we're trying to get and we got to, you know, put in the work to get there. It's going to take some time. But we're so gonna from like a content producing side of things, like, yeah, we're pushing out content on our IG stories. But also a little tidbit here for people listening. I have... I Brian's um, our Instagram is set up in a way that I can click in and out of mine and go into his. I have several accounts hooked up to us, even business accounts. So ninety percent of the time, I'm the person posting on Brian's social media. I'm on mine, and then I click over to his, and then I record from his or I post on his. So it's not always him like doing it. He may be right next to me running, but I might be on both accounts doing the work. So. What I'm trying to show you is that, see, like your perception was probably that Nina and Brian are having a great time and they're on social media. Both of them are on there doing whatever, whatever. But reality was that I was pushing content out possibly 90% of the time. I'm not saying he didn't push out content. He did. And he was probably on his computer working while I was on my phone working on the social media side of things. So that's what we're trying to show is that we get it because we're kind of on both sides. You and I are the consumers and the producers of content on Instagram. So we're able to show you guys like, yeah, it may have looked at that. You didn't. You also didn't see the meltdown that I had on Tuesday in Naples. Nobody knows about this but Brian and I because I got a phone call from Watering Bowl that our youngest dog, Noir, the little one, she's like seven months old, randomly gets cherry eye and I don't know what cherry eye is and there's nothing I can do sitting in Naples, Florida and the dog is in St. Louis. So I had a freak out. I went in my room. I started crying. I like threw shit at Brian's face and I went in the shower, cried some more. And then walked back out like a boss. <laughs> like, I didn't post that, you know? I think I, I talked to you. I yelled at you and vented to you about it. And then I think I talked to my best friend about it through texting. But I didn't put it on my social media. And then you texted me a middle finger emoji. I did. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. And I just looked at it and laughed. <laughs> it's because you walked out and you went in the living room where I couldn't, I, in front of your family, I couldn't cry and scream. So I'm the type of person but, where I think this is funny. Where, like <laughs> people get upset, and I just like look at look at them and like objectively, and I'm like, this like does isn't gonna matter whatsoever no. in like five minutes. <laughs> Why are you this upset? And I like be in my head just like cracking up, yeah. but like, oh yeah, everything's gonna be fine. I was just like cracking I know, up. But in like, my head. Wasn't, I wasn't mad at you. I was just sad because I felt helpless for our dog. Right. Sure. So that's where it was coming from. But anyways, nobody saw that. Um, I didn't post it on social media. I didn't vent about it. I didn't cry about it. I didn't, you know, you didn't get to see that part. Let's, let's, something else. We went jet skiing. You guys <laughs> probably saw some minimal content, but you didn't see me screaming like a little girl. Brian, <laughs> you're going 18 miles an hour. Please slow this, down. This ocean was, is this the Atlantic Ocean? Mm-hmm. I think when you're, 
I mean, I don't think some people realize that you're on a beach and you're kind of like you go as far as you want to go and you come back and run back and you can see the shore and you can see the sand. But when you're on a jet ski and you're the only tour out there with your guide, you see nothing but like black water, possible fins that look like a shark, but supposedly they're dolphins. And it's just you and the jet ski and anything can come up and bite you. And then there's Brian zipping as fast as he possibly can. And I'm just thinking I'm going to fall off. I'm going to drown. I'm going to fall off. Yeah, And to increase the riskiness, I like to put a bag that I attach to the back of the jet ski full of dead fish bleeding ew, out of the back ew, to increase no, the riskiness no. opportunity for shark attacks. I mean, we, I, ha- I had to make him go a little bit slower because I was kind of like warming. Only the first 20 minutes I was like this. After that, I was easy. I was back to it. I let him go as fast as he wanted to go. Hold on, but hold we on were going hold so on, hold on. <laughs> Nina's got this great thing where she like gets all excited to these excursions and like pumped. He's like, I haven't done this in so long or I've never done this before. I'm like, all right, cool. And then so we'll go do it. And then like, She'll become like terrified in the middle of in it. The moment, like, yeah. oh my God, did you can't go more than 20 miles an hour. I'm going to well, fall off this thing. Like, no. Our tour guy came back to us and he's like, yeah, guys, um, if you don't go at least like 30, 35, we won't even finish the tour. Yeah. You don't get to see everything. I'm like, Nina, let t- see, like no, get it together. Were, but you were so sweet. Like I thought Brian was about to like be like, yeah, man, I'm sorry, but my chick over here is just petrified. You didn't say anything. You just like looked at him, smiled and nodded. And I go, um, sir, I'm sorry. That's my fault. Um, it's been a couple of years since I've been on a jet ski. So I'm, you know, just warming up to this whole thing. I've also never been on a jet ski with Brian. So I don't know Brian's experience with this. I'm on there ripping it like a 1998 Kawasaki commercial. No, you were good. Just ripping it headband and all. <laughs> but, um, it was a two hour tour. So after the first 20 minutes, I got used to it and it was fun after that. We did see some dolphins though. It was pretty cool. We dolphins. saw a bunch of dolphins that came up real close to us. Some epic mansions too. Yeah, wow. some beautiful homes out there. Um, But the point is that you guys didn't see that part of the jet ski tour. You guys did not. What else? You also didn't see me doing 5 a.m. water aerobics with some of the Naples 90 year old hotties in, in a, a speedo. speedo. Yeah. Brian Banana and a speedo. Hammock, you guys didn't see that. Toucan Sam beaked banana hammock you guys didn't see that but i could have posted that if i really wanted to and you couldn't see my water calisthenics slash aerobics with the 85 year old uh rotary squad i'm just saying you all guys also didn't see us what we looked like at 4 a.m when we had a flight to catch at 6 a.m so we woke up at 4 it was still dark out when you and i left for the airport from naples like half asleep when I open. So we don't, po- you know, no one posts the ugly part of stuff or, you know, the mundane stuff of life. And that's what we're trying to, that's the point we're trying to make here. Um, do you have anything else to share about that? No, I think that was good. All right. Pretty so there's, much no, covered the there's no quote this week. Uh, I'm sorry. There's no books this week. Really. I don't know what books are out there on trying to figure out how fake Instagram can be sometimes. I got but, a quote for you. Quit trying to go ham doing it for the gram trademarked b dot dash hyphenated dixon thank you good okay the the real quote of this episode look at that goofy smile (laughs) (laughs) is comparison is the thief of joy and we get on there compare ourselves and get down and out it's stupid don't perceive it it's not reality we're all it's a game it's a hustle we're making money it's what it's all about go ahead so we've talked about this in past episodes but i think this is a really key point to make is that comparison is by your ego. You do not compare yourself against somebody else unless your ego is telling you that you're not good enough. You're different from that. Um, so when the second you begin to compare somebody else, that is your ego talking. Become self-aware of that and delete that from your life. 
I like it. Agreed. It's trust me on this one. Um, I did go through this already myself when I was releasing the podcast and trying to push stuff out and, you know, make sure that people know about the podcast. It's much easier to just gain tunnel vision to get tunnel vision and focus on your work and what you're supposed to be doing whether that's on instagram or off instagram um don't try to beat somebody else don't try to compete with somebody else don't look at someone's following or engagement and try to compete with that it doesn't matter like brian said earlier your authenticity the effort you put in the work you put in will eventually speak for itself it'll take five years it'll take 10 years yes it will it'll take a lot of learning lessons for you it'll take a lot of getting over fear and you know boosting your confidence for yourself yes it does all that stuff is real that happens but be if anything when you look at instagram be inspired by other people be motivated by it um kind of have this attitude that if she can do it i can do it if he can do it i can do it too um, seek seek out people like get their advice on stuff on how they grew a following or how they did something or how they afford vacations don't become resentful or you know gain negative self-talk on yourself or start comparing your relationship or your marriage to other people or your body image to other people on instagram don't do that doesn't help anybody it's just not it's not right you're not comparing to reality you're comparing to something fake and it's just not going to be conducive to you or anybody else around you so just focus on your work Make sure what you're doing is that you absolutely love what you're doing and you might hit bumps in the road, but comparing yourself to other people is not going to be very helpful. Always maintain perspective. Be extremely grateful for where you are in life. And this ties into last week's episode. Um, Just know that like if you're the type of person comparing your relationship, listen, you're with the person you're with for a reason. Okay. Love doesn't know Instagram, okay? If you're expecting a freaking Maybach for your birthday because Joe Schmo on Instagram gave his wife a Maybach on her birthday, forget it. Like, you know, like Sally comes home and says, why didn't you get me a Maybach? Like, you, you can't, you can't compare your relationship or your love to things on Instagram is what I'm trying to say. People yeah, have these fights, dude. Those are expectations. Sally, Sally may look really good in the Maybach, but it's just not happening. It's right just now. not happening right now. Yeah. I just don't compare. Don't compare the you know the lengths you've made in your blog or your podcast or your influencer marketing, whatever the hell you do on Instagram. Don't compare it to other people. Put your nose down. Do the work. Be inspired. Take creative ideas from other people. Seek advice and move on. The way I kind of think about it sometimes is that. When you have these people on the gram that are really good at what they do in terms of like stories and content and stuff, what I usually think of, some people probably like would start comparing. What I think of is like, man, that person gets a lot of attention, like like towards their products or their services that they're. I always look at a lot of business accounts, so let me let me preface it with that. But when I see people on there that I'm like interested in, I think are really good, like salespeople or business people on there, and they're putting it up, I always it makes me think like, oh, okay, that's an interesting tactic. You're right. That's an interesting way they portrayed that. Um, and it's like, man, but when you're on there, you're you're providing them an impression. You're providing them attention to that thing that they're marketing or that they're talking about or just, you know, their personal brand and things like that. And so it provides some really interesting tactics and strategies. But I, I always kind of look at it like a tool. Like I don't look at I I do not listen to our own podcasts. Um, everybody knows it already, but. I spend the majority of my time listening to other people's podcasts that I enjoy. The Skinny Confidential, House of Kim. Um, there's another one, Beyond Influential Podcast. These are the people that I'm listening to. And when I go to their Instagram page and I see like 800,000 followers, 3 million followers, 1 million followers, 500,000 followers. Like, do you think that that stops me from 
pushing out my content? No, I look at their pages and I listen to them to be inspired by them, to see how they got there. You know, I love seeing the engagement that they have on podcasts because it shows me that it's possible for me too if I do the work. I don't look at it and say, oh, poor me. Why am I doing a podcast? This like everybody started here where where you're at right now. If you're at zero, if you're, you're 200, 300, 400, 500, those same people that have millions or hundreds of thousands, they all started right here at the bottom. And I think it's very important to... Remind yourself that when you catch yourself comparing. Agreed. That's all I've got. Very well put. I'm I'm like I'm hyper off matcha right now. Yeah, we pounded some matcha and it's got me in the zone right now. Yeah. I could probably do another episode, but I'm not because I'm gonna save that greatness for later. That's right. Greatness it is. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And if you found any any bit of value, listen, our whole purpose of this podcast is first and foremost to absolutely give someone out there listening um, some sort of value, some takeaways yeah, that are helpful. That might be your purpose. Yeah. Mine's just to listen to myself speak. <laughs> but You're on a roll today. I like it. I like it. I like no, it. No, no. For real, though, we are super grateful. Uh, hope that you continue to listen to us. If you like it, tell your friends. Tell your family. Hide your wives. Hide, <laughs> hide your kids because Brian's coming. Hide your coming. kids because I'm coming, baby. <laughs> I'm coming. No, no, we really do appreciate it. Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, if there's anything specifically that you would like us to talk about, please let us know. Thanks yeah, a lot. And we'll see you next open, time. We're open to uh, new topics from people. Like, sure. What do you want to hear us talk about? Like, let's let's get this really real. All right. Next you, time. We like will see that? you. Do I you did like, like it. You're trying to end it and I'm trying to keep it going. It's all good. Just kidding. Good. Skirt, skirt. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks.